This morning, uh, we considered those timeless words concerning time and things in God's world. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. And this afternoon, uh, we continue in a different passage of Scripture, one that we have read, uh, that is very relevant to what we considered this morning, for it also uh, treats the subject of time, particularly the words of our Lord in John 5.25, verily, verily, or in other words, truly, truly, I say unto you, the hour is coming. And now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. I think we may easily, at the very least, empathize, if not sympathize, with that poor man. 38 years paralyzed impotent, powerless, that is to say, powerless to to do anything. Perhaps even such simple tasks as feeding oneself, grooming oneself. How frustrating his time must have been. How often times it must have seen as though his life were vanity, pointless and meaningless. And how much more frustrating it was when in God's strange providence there was a miraculous series of events that would happen from time to time centered around this this pool in Jerusalem, this pool which, uh, which was stirred up or agitated by an angel, and when uh, somebody who had some terrible physical disease would make his way into the water, he would be healed. Well, we don't know anything more about that rather strange, uh, miraculous pool other than what is recorded for us but how frustrating it was for this man. 38 years, he is lying by the poolside. He he can't just get up and walk into the water and receive the, 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 the infusion of life through his body that he's been waiting for for so long. He doesn't have anyone to take him up and bring him to the waters. You think you know frustration. This poor man, frustration every day, every hour, every minute. But to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Not only a time to kill, but a time to heal. And this was the time where this man would be healed. And so he was by the very voice of the Son of God. But this generates controversy, and uh, the gospel always generates controversy. 
because light shines in the darkness and the darkness doesn't want the light and so it resists it and pushes back on it. But as with so many of Jesus' most glorious teachings, uh, they, they come out and they shine beautifully against the backdrop of the unbelief of his enemies. So also this grand gospel text, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Let us consider this passage, this timely passage, always timely, under two points. First, the hour that is coming, and second, the hour that now is. Jesus is the one greater than Solomon. Solomon, with all the wisdom that God gave him, could not seem to escape the folly, the foolishness, the madness that is so much a part of our spiritual DNA. Are you confused, my friend? Do you feel upside down? Well, you're not alone, and we have done this to ourselves. We have gone lost from God, and we, seeking to be wise, we have lost wisdom, and we have lost our way. But the Lord Jesus Christ is wisdom in the flesh, and he brings to us the heavenly truth, the truth that we so very much need to hear. Now, it is truth that we do not instinctively understand. And yet, he who is truth assures us, truly, truly, or literally, amen, amen, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is. First, the hour is coming. As with so much of Jesus' teaching, uh, the launch pad of his teaching is some miracle that he has performed. And there's a connection, friends, an organic connection between all of Jesus' works and his words. You cannot isolate Jesus the healer, Jesus the doer of good, and Jesus who reveals the truth concerning who he is and what he has come to do. And so when he heals this poor man who has lived with so much frustration and futility, for whom perhaps the book of Ecclesiastes was very especially his own for 38 years. The Lord Jesus Christ, in healing him, reveals to him his greater purpose. The hour is coming when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. 
There will be a day, Jesus is teaching us, when he, he who is not a mere man, he who is the very Son of God, who hears what the Father does, and he does likewise. The Father who brings life out of Out of non-existence, so the Son does likewise. Does the Father heal and restore and make whole? And does He fittingly do it on the day of wholeness and peace and rest, even the Sabbath day? Well, so the Son does as well. Dear friends, God the Father has a Son. The Son of His love, the only begotten Son of the Father, very God of very God, light of light, true God, by whom all things are made, who is the very Word of God, by Him were all things made, and without Him was nothing made that was made. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ indicates that what you have seen in the healing of this man who was paralyzed and powerless and frustrated for 38 years, what you have seen is a token of what everyone will see one day. And it won't be isolated to some strange, miraculous pool in Jerusalem. It's going to be universal. Further in the passage we've read, haven't we, that Jesus makes it very clear he is speaking concerning the coming hour of the day of resurrection. The final day. When those who are in their graves will hear. No. It's not, it's not possible, of course, is it? For a dead man to hear anything. And that seems to be the great stumbling block with regards to the doctrine of resurrection. How does this work? You see, God has given us these, these, these ears... To, to catch sound, to funnel the sound into our ears, to our eardrums, and connected with all the nerves to bring the signals to the brain. And so we respond. And so, boys and girls, if, if, if your mother calls your name, you hear and you respond, but that's because you're alive. But Jesus is saying, have you seen something marvelous today? This is just a token. The hour is coming when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. How many of us could only wish for the ability to speak to our loved ones and say, Wake up! We love them, we miss them. It's not natural that they should be separated from us, that they should be laid in the ground and returned to dust. It wasn't meant to be this way. 
we return to their graves. If only, if only we could, but we can't. But the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. Oh, dear friends, there was nothing to see in Jesus. According to the flesh, a root out of a dry ground. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nothing to see here. Keep on driving. Jesus, in many respects, was the embodiment of weakness, of emptiness. And yet he gave these glimpses of glory, glimpses that were sufficient indication that this is no mere man, that he has absolute control and dominion of everything, including the most powerful force, the most fearsome force, That this earth has ever seen death. Death is nothing to him. Be assured. Be assured. You may not be inclined to believe it. Indeed, you will refuse it and reject it. It is silliness. That's, That's what the Greeks thought there on Mars Hill. What is this, Paul, that you're talking about? A resurrection of the dead? These things don't happen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming when the dead shall hear. They shall hear. And not just the righteous, but the wicked. Those graveyards that you are driving past will not remain neat tidy as the groundkeepers pass through and, and maintain uh, this, this place so that there is a semblance of beauty to give something of comfort to those who are grieved. No, each and every grave will open up and the remains of every human body will be brought forth. Revelation says the very seas will give up their dead. Those who are committed to the depths, they shall rise. No matter what has happened to their bodies, no matter how far uh, the decomposition has uh, progressed, every molecule and every atom will the Son of God summon from the ground. Dear friends, He made you? He gives you your life? He takes away your life? Jehovah says, I am he who kills and I make alive. And if he is God, the Son of God, he holds the keys of death and of hell. And you are responsible to him. You may not think much of Jesus Christ. You may only give him the scraps of your attention. You may give a little lip service 
of religion, but you don't give him your life, but he will raise your dead body to come before him. And friends, it will not be an automatic pass into heaven. The doctrine of the resurrection as so clearly taught in Scripture and the Son of God is the one who will preside over it, who will uh, send forth His powerful, omnipotent voice to bring them forth. He will bring all mankind to stand before His judgment seat. Friends, today is the day of salvation. To everything there is a season and a time. To every purpose under the heaven now. Now is the day to repent. Now is the day to seek God while he is passing by. Oh, don't let him pass you now, dear friends. Lay hold of him. Lay hold of him. Because if you do not, one day... He will lay hold of you. And if you are not among the righteous, you will not escape Him as He exhumes your body to be reunited with your wicked, sinful soul to stand judgment before Him. And it won't matter how many times you showed up at church, how many prayers you offered, if you did not know him savingly, and more to the point, if he did not know you, he will send you into hell. Jesus. Gentle, lowly Jesus. Friends, that time is coming. It's striking. The very language that our Lord uses is the language not strictly of the future, but of a future that is actively coming. It's on its way. The hour is coming. He's coming, dear friends. Behold, I come quickly. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. Oh, what a blessed hour it will be when the righteous hear the voice of the Son of God in whom they placed their faith with broken hearts for their sins. Hearing Him summon them to be reunited with Him. Not only with their souls, but also with their bodies, which He redeemed as well, no less than their souls. You know, when we die, children of God, our souls immediately go into the presence of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Happy day, blessed day that will be. For some, it may be closer than you think. And yet that is still not the end. He will not forget your embodied existence. 
He will not forget it. He took a body, my friend. Why did he do so? He did it to die. To die for his sin? No, he had no sin. But he took a body because he had to die for your sin and mine. And that he, having paid the debt, that he might rise from the dead and so give life to all those who place their faith in him. Dear friends, that hour is coming. It is coming. Be comforted. All your griefs and sighs and cries, Christian, will be at an end. Finally and fully, when you hear him calling your name. And he will not collect the bits and pieces of your remains only to leave them shamelessly before the onlooking world. No, the Bible says that he will redeem our vile bodies and fashion them like unto his glorious body. And that's why we keep the Lord's day because he rose but that's only half of the story verily verily I say unto you the hour is coming and now is there is a season for everything a time to every purpose under the heaven. Our salvation is not just in the sweet by and by. It's here and now. The hour is coming and now is. It's very fascinating, isn't it, the way Jesus talks? It's the same hour. The resurrection hour. That final great day of days in which everything perfectly and finally gets solved to the salvation of his church, to the destruction of God's enemies, and the final glory of God. But the same hour is now. Jesus is saying, you have come into contact with this hour already. I am here. I am the resurrection and the life. You see, the resurrection, Martha, is not just a part of our creed, a great hope that we have far in the distance. Our creed, he took flesh and he is among us. And he is speaking now the same voice that will speak unto all humanity in their graves and will summon them Before him, that voice is even speaking now, and they that hear shall live. The resurrection comes by the voice of the Son of God, by his preaching. It happens mysteriously. It happens even now. The kingdom 
The kingdom come. It is coming, but the kingdom is also at hand. Life is everlasting, and all those who believe in Jesus, they have everlasting life. They will live forever, but even now, even now they have everlasting life. How is it? It is by the same voice of the Son of God. The dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God even now, and they that hear shall live. Dear friends, this is because humanity is in a state of spiritual death. You see, we talked about how the, those who are physically dead, they can't hear. Well, here's the paradox. There are countless people who can physically hear but cannot spiritually hear, who are physically alive, but they are not spiritually alive. I ask you, friend, in the name of God, do you have more than biological life? Because the Word of God says that our default is death. That we, according to the Apostle Paul, that we are dead in trespasses and in sins. We cannot hear. We cannot believe. Who hath believed our report? Who has believed it? Who can believe it? Who will believe it? There is none righteous, says Paul. No, not one. There is none that understands. There is none that seeks after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. You find life under the sun frustrating. God finds sinners frustrating, unprofitable, alive to everything that is important to them, alive to their own lusts, Alive to their ambitions. Alive to everything but God. They are dead. They are dead. But that is not too great a problem for the Son of God. The hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Friends, it is through the preaching of the word that the resurrection happens. Now, it's not automatic. It's not the bare speech of the preacher. If that was the case, everyone who hears gospel preaching would be saved. But they are not. But when God the Son, through the preaching, speaks to the soul of a sinner, it doesn't matter how dead that sinner is, how calloused, how past hope, that soul lives. And even now, he is speaking. 
even now, He is bringing life from death. This is that season, that time to every purpose under heaven. A time not to kill, but a time to heal. Now, friends, only the Lord Jesus Christ can do this. You cannot jumpstart the dead battery of your heart. Perhaps you've been trying to do that. The battery is cold, stone dead. There's no amount of self-improvement, no amount of, I'll do better tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. You need life. There's nothing that you can do. Something must be done to you and in you. There's no religion and the performances of religion that can bring you life. These are dead works. Especially those false religions that, that offer so many different services through, through their inventions that they have dreamed up in order to, to as it were, put the cosmetics upon the cadaver. But that's all that it can do. That's all that these man-centered religions like Mormonism and Romanism, the followers of of Charles Russell, the Jehovah's Witnesses, and, and Islam, that's all that they can do. But they can't give life. Now that may seem to be rather hopeless because there's nothing that we can do. But it's not hopeless. It's not hopeless at all because the power is in the Son of God. And you say, oh, but I can't hear. Yes, but He can give you hearing. I cannot love, but He can give you love. I cannot find freedom, but He can set you free. And He does it miraculously by the weakness of the reading and the preaching of the gospel. Oh, there is hope, there is hope, dear friends. If you will but listen, if you will but listen, it just may be that the Son of Man will create ears, yes, create life in your soul, The hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Now as we close, Christian, if you live, give praise to the Son of God and to His infinitely powerful voice. Because he has made you a trophy of his grace and an earnest of his glory. Every Christian, a trophy of his grace and an earnest of his glory. The best is yet to come. 
But the evidence, can he even be seen here and now as our lives are changed? As we find ourselves miraculously freed, we were frustrated. And you know, that can actually be the best place to be, is in a place of frustration, because you're about this close to giving up, and that's exactly where Jesus Christ likes to work. Consider one trophy and one earnest of glory, John Newton. The epitaph on his tombstone, a grave that will one day be opened by the voice of the Son of God. The epitaph reads, John Newton, clerk, once an infidel and libertine, a servant of slaves in Africa, was, by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith he had long labored to destroy. No boasting. How can a dead man, brought to life, boast of his life? Why is it that we could even boast of a life, a natural life, that we did not cause? What do we have that we have not received? But how much the more Christian, if you are alive, if you believe in Christ, if you're loving him and serving him, if you are showing forth the evidence of life in living a life of holiness, in dedication to his service, seeking to keep his commandments, with his people. All glory, all glory be to the Son of God and to his sweet voice that first awakened me. Christian, give him the praise, you the trophy of his grace and the earnest of his glory. And take hope. He never, he never fails to finish what he starts. He never forsakes the works of his own hands. How many times we come across a building that is half built. They ran out of money. The cost of plywood was going through the roof just couldn't finish it. Jesus never, never fails to finish what he began. All that the Father gives me shall come to me. He that comes to me I will in no way cast out. And no man can come to to me unless the Father draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. So don't give up. He's going to finish what he started. But I close saying to you, to you who have no hope, or to you who should have no hope in yourself, 
you who are frustrated, you who seem to, to lose all sense of, of, of meaning, you have lost faith in your fellow man, perhaps as you should, you have lost faith in yourself. Listen. Listen to the voice. Not, not the inner voice. That inner voice is deceptive. And don't listen to the world. And don't listen to the evil one, that fork-tongued enemy of your soul. He is the thief. He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I fear some of you have been blindly following him. He's not your friend. He is your enemy. He will only ruin you with his lies and his deception, which your heart just soaks up like a sponge. But listen to the voice. That still, small voice, it is the voice of omnipotence. It is the voice of grace. It is the voice of resurrection life. And it's yours if you will listen and take it. Verily, verily I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Amen. Please rise and let us close in prayer. Speak now, Lord, for thy servants are listening. And speak life and renewal into our hearts. And may we go forth in resurrection life, living uh, to God and serving our neighbor. Bless us now, we pray, and we ask this in the merits of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. We'll close singing from Psalm 40, verses 1 through 5.